filled with information. Where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Hey, we're starting off 2020 with an update on what Washington's been up to. Impeachment may have grabbed the headlines, but it was a last-minute piece of legislation making changes to retirement rules that you need to know about. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Happy New Year. Happy New Decade as we welcome you into the first Get Ready for the Future show of that new decade. My name is Scott Inman. Chad Roller is to my left. Good morning. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. You ring it in in style, I hope. Big time. Yeah, you probably were in bed by nine, right? Yes. <laughs> I know you. You got little kids, It's right? the gray hair that gives it away, but yes. <laughs> yes. And good morning and happy new year to you, John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker. Happy I, new year. I slept right through it. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, yeah you, I did. You're Absolutely. not a big party or anything. No, anymore, huh? not, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, got the, I got the chance to take a trip uh, to Nashville with my wife, so we, we actually tried to be a little younger than we actually are, so we enjoyed it. You'll it get nice over trip. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good trip, though. <laughs> It is hard to believe. You know, it's easy to say Happy New Year, but Happy New Decade, you know? I mean, it's kind of wild. You know, I hadn't even thought about it until you said that on the air today. I was like, yeah, that is where we are now. Yeah. Yeah. So we finished a decade very, very well. We did. Yeah. Finished it up strong. Yeah. Although those guys in Washington and girls in Washington were pushing through a little legislation last minute. Yeah. I, I, I have to say that this is probably the most outraged I've been in a long time about anything that Congress has done relative to retirement. They've nipped a lot around a little bit here and there over the years, but they changed a lot. And, mm-hmm. and some of the changes, I think, are over time going yeah. to seep in, and people are going to be really outraged by the taxes that they're going to have to pay uh, when they inherit an IRA or something like that. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the SECURE Act, which was yeah. uh, passed during the uh, Christmas holiday period of time, yeah. kind of right at the last minute before they got out of town, after impeachment was over, they passed this. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, they were hoping that it would slide under the radar. Yeah. But we're not going to let that happen. Well, normal as normally is the case, they did not pass it standalone. If you're wondering, well, I haven't heard about the SECURE Act. Well, first of all, let me tell you, we've been talking about it because it's been a proposed piece of legislation for quite some time now. We did a whole show on it back in August on the Get Ready for the Future show. But it did not pass standalone. They attached it to a big spending bill, or as they call it, an omnibus bill, where there's a lot of stuff in there that nobody reads. 1,700 pages, right, Chad? Is that what Yeah, 1,773 is? to yeah. be exact. So a huge piece of, of legislation. I know that doesn't come as a shock to anybody that that happens that way, but it slides in and now is going to become law on January 1st, or it did become law on January 1st. So the SECURE Act stands for Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement. They always have such colorful, encouraging, positive, and there are some positives about this, and we're going to talk about both today, things that we think are positive changes to retirement rules and negative changes to retirement rules. And there are several in there, but you know, the, the biggest one is going to be about that inherited IRA, so that's where people really need to be Uh, listening today. So let's set the stage for just a second. One of the biggest wealth transfer vehicles in this country, Janet, is the ability to pass a a father or a mother's IRA account to their children and do it in a very tax-efficient way. Right. Over the years, uh, they've had 30 years to take the money out of that IRA. And what that effectively does is we have clients right now who part of their retirement is actually being funded by their parents' IRA that they inherited, and they had to take a required minimum distribution over that, but they had 30 years to do it. So think about this. If you take a a bowl of, uh, or a a ball of Play-Doh, and you begin to stretch it, you can stretch it really far Mm -hmm. until it breaks. And the stretch IRA, as it was called, stretched it out for a long period of time, 30 years. Well, now they have changed the legislation and say that if you inherit your parents' IRA or any IRA and you're a non-spouse beneficiary, 
then you have to have that money totally out of the IRA in 10 years. So what this is going to have the impact of doing is getting the tax money into the IRS's hands way sooner than mm-hmm. what they, what would have happened earlier. And also what that means is to the consumer, that means you're going to be paying taxes in a lot shorter period of time, paying more over fewer years than what you would have otherwise. I think about, you know, we even have, uh, we have teenagers who have inherited IRAs because yes. their, their uh, parents passed away and they've got that money. Uh, now and under the current scenario they can use that that for the rest of their lifetime they've got until they pass away to pull out very small pieces of it each year what this is now going to do is make it to where that has to be withdrawn within a decade and normally obviously it's not teenagers we're normally seeing but you think about that that's an extreme case as far as how much time they have but when you switch into this new era under the secure act then anybody who's not a spouse is going to have a 10-year time period. So you think about all this transition of money, and we're talking about IRA money, but I want you to think about 401k dollars, okay, traditional 401k dollars. Those are ultimately going to be subject to this as well. Most of the time that gets into an IRA while the person is in retirement, and so when they pass away, that money's going to fall under under this rule and have to be taken out in a 10-year time period, and it's going to kill some people on taxes. Yeah, let's let's think about this, Scott. Normally, through the normal course of life, your parents are going to die in their 70s or 80s, and you will probably be in your 40s or 50s, and that's about your peak earning years. Mm-hmm. So right. all of a sudden, for a 10-year period of time during your peak earning years, you have all this additional income. It's not only going to have an effect of paying taxes on the IRA in 10 years, it's going to raise your taxable income and you're overall going to be in a higher tax bracket. And so that's going to be very impactful to, I think it is, you know, the politicians love to say, well, this isn't a a tactic that the rich use to transfer wealth. This is a tactic that the middle class uses to transfer wealth. That is just a bold faced lie. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen that with with the clients that we work with for sure. These These are average everyday Arkansans that are using that to fund their retirement. I do think it's a, it's a point of clarity to back up real quick and, and define the difference between a spousal and non-spousal IRA too, because this is not going to have effect if a spouse dies. If, if the husband dies and the IRA goes to the wife, it just becomes registered in her name. There's, there's no effect uh, of that. Uh, if she's RMDH, she has to take RMDs, but otherwise it doesn't affect that. So this is only for the next generation. Yeah, the Congress was smart, and they preserved that sanctity of marriage yeah. type thing. If 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 I'm married and I pass uh, the IRA on to my wife, she inherits it, and, and there is no tax other than when she withdraws the money at her will. Right. Uh, there's no forced 10-year time period. I think they would have probably descended upon Washington with pitchforks and torches if uh, if that had happened. Well, uh, frankly, I think it's a free gimme from Washington because they're looking at it and going, okay, husband and wife are in the same generation, so it doesn't matter to them if it gets paid out over the RMD schedule on the husband or the RMD schedule on the wife. And so to force that would have been a stupid move on their part. They wouldn't have really gotten, you know, the money that much faster. It's not that big of a deal. So it's it's a free gimme to make us feel a little bit better, frankly. Scott, one more thing before we hit the break. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to know that these changes that have been uh, promulgated through this legislation take effect now. They, right. This was effective January 1, 2020. There's mm-hmm. one provision that actually pushes to January 2021. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But usually there's some lead time, and, and there is no lead time. So a lot of people are going to be scrambling to try to change their planning as a result of what Congress did in the very waning hours of 2019. That was the big headline, the change in eliminating the stretch provision for an inherited IRA. But there is a lot more inside of that SECURE Act that was passed late in the year, just a couple of weeks ago by Congress. And we're going to go over the positives and negatives of that as we leap into the new year right here on the Get Ready for the Future show. We hope you'll stay with us. If you want the answer, ask the question. Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question, and we'll answer it on the air. We'll be back in just a moment. 
This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life, whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across Central Arkansas, there is a GenWealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. John Shrewsbury, Janet Walker on the fastest four minutes in investing. Sands the Scott Inman for yes. uh, the tail end of the holiday season, I guess. I feel a little bit like Barbara Walters. I'm Barbara Walters, and this is 2020. It is 2020. Here we are. And yeah. we're looking ahead. 2019 in the rearview mirror, 2020 ahead. And we're looking at what is likely to go on in the stock market in 2020. And Janet, uh, earnings is the real key to the whole thing in the stock market this year because earnings is going to drive the market according to the experts at LPL. Yeah, we really do expect stocks to be in line with earnings growth this year. And so that's really what we want to talk about today. So we want to look at earnings growth really geographically. So we're going to break this down with the United States, Europe, Japan, developed international, and then emerging markets, which has been, you know, we've just kind of set them aside for a period of time. But emerging markets is really looking good for us moving into 2020. Well, if you look at uh, the United States for just a moment, we've had had almost a, you wouldn't call it an earnings recession in 2019, but we just didn't have the growth in 2019 that we had in 2018. But let's face it, 2018 was a hard act to follow because of all the tax cuts and the policy changes of the Trump administration. And so you didn't see year-over-year growth in 2019 like you did in 2018. So 2020 looks like that it's going to accelerate fairly well, and we're beginning to see that now at the tail end of 2019. You're absolutely right. Let's put some numbers to this just percentage-wise. We talked about emerging markets probably being the lead in this. LPL Research Department is expecting about a 14% increase on uh, emerging markets. And then that, when you think about the comparison between that and the other areas, they've got Japan at 5%, Europe at 9 and the United States at 10 which is still a nice double-digit number, but not where we are on emerging markets. So. Yeah. And if you look historically, uh, 2018, emerging markets were were actually yeah. not very well. Right. And they actually lost in 2019. 2020, everything is up. According to the, the prognostication by LPL Research, everything is looking very positive as far as the markets are concerned. Now, let's just say this. These are all forecast. And we right. know what happens when you forecast the weather, when you forecast uh, a football game, when you forecast the Just stock about market. anything. Just yeah. about anything. But you have to kind of look at what the tea leaves are telling you. And again, you have to think about this in terms of, okay, what does this mean to me? What am I going to do as far as my investment portfolio is concerned? So, Janet, let's take a look at, at some recommendations there. Obviously, the United States is where most of our clients are comfortable investing because right. they know what those companies are and how they work and that type of thing. Large cap is being favored over small cap this year. Absolutely. And going back to more of a balance between growth and value. For a long time, growth was in favor. Then we switched to more of a value play in terms of the long-term investing. And now we're seeing more of a need to balance just based on where we are in the business cycle at this point, the the balance between growth and value. And as you mentioned, John, the larger cap stocks. Yeah. And if you think about Europe, uh, we're still negative on Europe. LPL research is still negative on Europe. The Developed international countries are just not at a point where their earnings are going to be able to drive something. And of course, that just leaves us with the emerging markets. Will the emerging markets show up in 2020 like they've been thought to do in 2019 and 2018? That remains to be seen, but emerging markets are certainly uh, the big question mark going into the new year. You know, one of the things that LPL is talking about now, our clients continue to ask us about China all the time. And so they're talking about with more clarity on phase one with China, that they really believe that this is going to take us back to more of an emphasis on the fundamentals. And that's really what this is all about. And that's why we believe 2020 will look very different with emerging markets. We believe in the fundamentals and we think you should too. So stay tuned. We'll keep you up to date. Thanks for watching the fastest four minutes in investing on social media. The Get Ready for the Future show continues in just a moment. 
There's more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money right after the break. Stick around. You ain't heard nothing yet. Buckle up, because we're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. Our first Get Ready for the Future show of 2020. We are glad to have you with us on the radio side, and we are excited about changes coming to the Get Ready for the Future show this new year, the first year of the new decade, as we talked about, beginning at 11.30 a.m. on Wednesday, January 15th. You can see the Get Ready for the Future show live. We're going to be on Facebook and on YouTube. It's the same show, but you'll basically be able to see it in our studio. We'll have guests, graphics, and a lot more. You'll be able to catch us on your lunch break on Wednesday. It, we hope, is going to become appointment TV for you or appointment computer screen video, whatever you want to say. They <laughs> used to phone. call it on your phone, wherever you want to see it. If you can have access to Facebook or YouTube, you're going to be able to catch the Get Ready for the Future show live. Again, 11.30 a.m. Wednesdays. January 15th. And don't, if you listen to us on radio, don't worry. It will still be same time, same channel right here uh, as well. So we're just trying to enhance what we bring folks in the new year. Spread the love a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be fun. So we're looking forward to that. I think Chad said he's ready for his TV debut. Well, they've. I've also been told that I've got a face for radio, so I might need to keep. <laughs> might need to stay on the radio. I but think I, we I, all do. Chad. I appreciate you bringing me in yeah. on the live show. Well, you too. can always hide behind this big That's right. fat microphone. Yeah. Just kind of break it up just a little yeah, bit. Just be like Wilson from Home Improvement, right? <laughs> yeah. Just kind of peer over that That's thing. That's what uh, I do. Yes. Hey, today we're talking about some last-minute changes in legislation that have changed the retirement rules. We believe very significantly moving forward for Americans and, of course, Arkansans, who we work with. We mentioned the headline of the SECURE Act. It has been that they are now legislatively eliminating the stretch provision in an inherited IRA. Now, we want to kind of return to that just a moment because we talked about that in great depth in the first segment. But some other things that you need to know about that is, John, you mentioned that this took effect January 1st. So yes. people who are listening may go, well, wait a minute. My, my father passed in 2019. That means, according to what we're reading, that you'd still be able to have the stretch provision. It, it is moving forward. If there is a date of death, January 1st, 2020 or later, you will no longer be able to stretch out that inherited IRA. You have that exactly right, Scott. So if you're out there and you're looking at this and going, okay, is there something that I need to do differently because I've been taking a required minimum distribution from my parents' IRA or what have you? The answer is no. You're fine. You're grandfathered, if you will, as far as the old rules are concerned. But if there is a death after January for on January 1st or after of 2020, then the new rules apply. And so we've talked a little bit about that in the previous segment. We'll go back to that and tell you a little bit about the effects of that. Uh, but be aware that it may be, if you own an IRA, it may be that you need to sit down with your advisor and talk about the change in planning, Janet, because the change is what you've got to be prepared for. Absolutely. And and we're going to be spending a lot of time uh, in the first quarter of 2020 with estate planning attorneys and with our clients to really clear up um, what they have and whether any changes need to be made moving forward. I, I would just encourage you if you have done some estate planning in the past uh, or if you haven't. So if you've done it, you need to review it. If you haven't done it, it's time to sit down and, and take care of that. Um, don't think that a will is just going to get you through all of your estate planning. There's far more to it than that. And and it doesn't mean that you have to be you know multiple millions of dollars wealthy to have a need for an estate plan. But we're going to spend a lot of time with our clients reviewing what their situation is and whether they need to make any changes, Chad. Yeah, I think this is one of those Christmas presents that it's going to take a while to put together. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's a pretty big Lego piece here. And yeah. I think it's going to take a while for, for those attorneys to really unpackage it Right. And look through it and say, okay, what we've done in the past as far as the planning and, and put together state plans and how we're going to do the pass through on these IRAs, I think it's going to take some time for them to kind of come up with, okay, this is something that is 
we have unpacked this and this is something we can work with moving forward. Now, I would say, too, that you're probably not going to hear as this uh, legislation now gets some media coverage. You're probably not going to hear the lawmakers tout that elimination of the stretch provision. That is the big negative headline right. on right. this Secure yeah. Act. But what you're going to hear, oh, well, we're going to raise or we did raise the RMD age. Yes. to 72, where it has previously been 70 and a half. So just to kind of go over that, the definition of that, the RMD is a required minimum distribution. So inside of an IRA, inside of that qualified account, in the year that the account holder turns 70 and a half, they have to begin taking distributions from that because the IRS wants to get those distributions taxed. They've raised that by a year and a half. Now, that is a good thing. In in and of itself, we believe that's a positive to the legislation. But when you compare it to the other huge negative, it looks like they're throwing throwing a few breadcrumbs uh, retirees' ways. Well, let's face it. This is the best political sleight of hand that we've seen in quite some time because essentially what Congress has said is pay no attention to what's going on behind the curtain over here. Watch what we're doing over here. Look at what we're giving you over here. Well, they're giving you crumbs while they're taking buckets and buckets of money over here. Uh, And so, yes, we like the idea that you can now delay your RMD to age 72 from age 70 and a half. That is a good thing for folks that didn't need the, the money and they were forced to take the money anyway. A lot of people were giving it to charity to avoid the taxation on that. So they pushed that by 18 months, Janet, just 18 months is all they gave up over there. And they say, well, to pay for that, we have to do this on right. the on the RMDs. Well, I will assure you that the money that they're getting from the RMDs is probably a hundredfold over what they are losing. And they're really not even losing it. They're just delaying it by 18 yeah. months. They still have to take an RMD, and it may be an RMD on a higher amount because it's had 18 months to grow. But it is very much political sleight of hand. And uh, frankly, middle-class investors and their children are going to be the worse off for it. You know, this is just another change that we're seeing take place because of the baby boomer generation. If you will, basically, the Washington has just followed the money. And you think about all the things that have happened, whether it's from Washington or not, like the onset of McDonald's and Happy Meals, for example, that was because there was this large group of people in that age group that came about with baby boomer generations. And there's so many things that we've changed as baby boomers got to whatever age group that it was appropriate. Now, as the upper end of the baby boomer generation is starting to pass away, then they go, okay, what are we going to do about the money? Because the money's in their hands because they worked for it all these years to build it up in an IRA. And John, you pointed out, it's not just the wealthy. I mean, we have we have a lot of people who have been linemen for an energy company. And, you know, they started out with nothing. They started out with a job, but they've put money in their 401k all these years, stayed with the same company. They've been diligent to continue to work and continue to save. So they arrived to retirement with seven figures. They don't feel wealthy. They're the millionaire next door, if you will. They don't feel like they have a whole lot of money because they worked every paycheck to get it. But it's there now. Now, with this, that million dollars, let's just simplify and say there's one child, okay? That million dollars goes to the next generation and it's got to be paid out over a 10-year time period. So you're talking $100,000 plus to allow for some continued growth. $100,000 plus that now has to be added to that beneficiary's otherwise taxable income that they're already making from work. It's a mess. So let's put some numbers on this because I think it's important to really understand the negative impact of this. So when you put the actual numbers to it, let's say that that the child inheriting the IRA is 50 years old. And let's say they just inherit a $100,000 IRA. We're not talking about a million dollars. We're talking about $100,000. As a non-spouse beneficiary, they now are required to take the RMD, as we mentioned, over a 10-year period of time over that inherited IRA. Now, let's assume that you earn a 6% rate of return on that IRA over that 10-year period of time. Your first year, under the old regulation, you could take out $2,923.98, leave the rest of that $100,000 in there to grow. 
Under the new regulation, you have to take out $10,000, and that $10,000 is subject to tax. So that $10,000 goes against your taxable income, raises your taxable income in uh, at a time when you probably are at your peak earning years of age 50 or more. So fast forward 10 years down the road. Under the old plan, the RMD amount in the 10th year would be $4,940. And the remaining balance on that IRA, because it was growing at a 6% rate of return, is $126,540. Under the SECURE Act, the balance is zero. You have taken all of that RMD out, uh, all of that money out over that period of time, paid taxes on over $100,000 and have nothing left to show for it. That is the impact of the SECURE Act on the next generation. Devastating effects on long term. Now you can, of course, and we're going to move into, we don't have a lot of time in this segment to talk about it, but so what should you do if you inherit an IRA under these new rules? Well, obviously, once that money is withdrawn on an annual basis and taxed, it can be reinvested. But again, the, the reason we don't like this is, is it removes the tax deferred growth and the vehicle that it is already in to be able to continue to rock along, or more of it. I mean, obviously, you're still going to be taking. You would be taking out small RMDs, but it, that tax deferred growth is now off the table. Immediately, a big portion of that withdrawal is going to be taxed. But obviously, John, you can put money back into, and if you're younger, a Roth IRA might be the best option because now you have after-tax dollars, but you are limited on how much you can put into a Roth on an annual basis. So you're going to have to, over time, get it back in there. There's going to be a lot of upheaval of plans that people have made. And frankly, I was uh, noticing a, a comment from Ed Slot. Ed Slot has been on this show way in the past. Uh, he is the founder of IRAhelp.com. He is probably the foremost uh, IRA expert in America right now. And this is what Ed said. He says it's a broken promise, noting that many savers made their financial plans based on the current rules. Quoting Ed now, when they are ready, to, about ready to retire in the ninth inning, all of a sudden they get the rug pulled out from under them. Yeah. And so this is really a, a big deal that you've got to think about. And Scott, I think it's going to prompt a number of changes as far as financial planning is concerned. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But there is always a pivot that you can do. But Again, if you've planned on doing this over the years and now the rug's pulled out from under you, as Ed says, then it can really be a problem. And that's a problem we're here to address in 2020. There are a few more provisions in that SECURE Act that is now law. And we're going to continue on the Get Ready for the Future show talking about those. Setting every community up for retirement enhancement. That's what SECURE stands for. They've been talking about it a long time. Maybe you haven't heard about it. We're dissecting that law that was actually passed over the Christmas holidays and is now taking effect as of January 1st, 2020. We'll continue with more of that talk on the Get Ready for the Future show next. Smarter, simpler, and more personal. The Get Ready for the Future show continues after this. Meet the Gen Wealth team in person at our Gen Wealth Academy workshops happening in your area. For more information, visit getreadyforthefuture.com/events. Now back to the show. We've got a couple of great Gen Wealth Academy workshops to start the new year. In fact, it's a, a new design. I would even say to our workshops, they're going to be three pronged in January. It's called fortifying your finances. Three themes. We're going to talk about identity theft or identity fraud. We're going to have FBI representatives to help us out with that. We're also going to have Stephanie Smith talk about social security. And then members of the GenWealth team will talk about your investments, fortifying your finances as you walk into retirement. Three very important topics, and it's all in one, wrapped up in one GenWealth Academy workshop. Who, And we always do those for free. Let me tell you the dates. January 23rd is the first opportunity to attend Fortifying Your Finances. It happens at 6.30 at Mike's Place in Conway. And then the next one is January 28th at 6.30 at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock. You can sign up for free at getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events. We just want to have a record of how many people we're going to need to prepare for. And we will tell you space is limited in both of those venues. So you'll want to probably do that as soon as you can, maybe while you're at home listening to the radio show right now. 
We're talking about the SECURE Act that was passed late in 2019, just a few weeks ago by Congress, and now is law of the land. And it was attached to a big omnibus spending bill, so it slid in at the last hour and has created some significant changes to retirement rules. We've been talking a lot about the the stretch IRA provision that now goes away, but Chad, we do want to pinpoint a couple of positives that we like about this. We did mention the RMD age being raised by 18 months, but there are a couple other little notes of interest in there that I think would be helpful to share with our listeners. Yeah, there's a little tweaks that they put in there. One of the uh, first things is you can continue if you're working over 70, continue to make some of those IRA contributions over age 70 if you're still working. Uh, The other thing is part-time workers. So in the past, you had to work at least 1,000 hours in order to be part of the 401k plan. Now, they've lowered that to 500 hours in the last three consecutive years. So those that have a part-time job that – uh, would like to, you know, contribute to their retirement and they may have some other sources of income or doing something else on the side and they've just got a part-time job with that company, They now that threshold is down to 500. So that's a positive there that somebody can can get that match with their, their employer. And then the last thing, uh, they kind of threw in the uh, $5,000 that you could access out of your IRA or 401k for adopting a child or the birth of a child. So in the past, there's been some things that you can access Mm -hmm. your IRA or 401k money prior to age 59 and a half without having that 10% uh, penalty on top of the taxes. But, you know, with this addition, if you uh, are going to adopt a child or uh, have a child in 2020 and beyond, you can go after that $5,000 without paying that 10% penalty. Now, yeah. keep in mind, the taxes are still there. I'm a little mixed on that one because obviously you want to put those monies away for retirement, designate sure. them for retirement, but that is a, a window there, and, and you certainly have experienced the cost. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that sure that five, yeah, I don't know if it's, <laughs> I don't know if even $5,000 is going to cover any yeah. of those costs. Uh, we yeah. adopted two last year, and uh, yeah, I think 5000 would have went pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> but if you had to have it, and it does yeah. encourage behavior right. that I think I, I would yeah. be all supportive of for sure. Uh, and there has been a, a list of things in the past, uh, life circumstances that you could access that money from your IRA without penalty. And that's one that now has been added to the list. I do think about the part-time workers that are going to be able to contribute. Now I think about my 19-year-old son who works yeah. part-time. I think it's great for young kids. I mean, they're not going to be part-time forever, likely, but it certainly gives them an opportunity to get a jump start on retirement. You've got part-timers who are young like that, but you also have some in their later years. I think about a lot of ladies who have been a stay-at-home mom for however many yeah. years, and they don't have enough credits to get a Social Security benefit. If they go back to work part-time, they can get get those credits accumulated for them to be able to get the benefit. And by the way, now they could also contribute to a 401k while they're doing it. So I, I look at that as a really good positive for them. Absolutely. And so when you think about uh, the SECURE Act, there are some good takeaways from this. But Scott, we want to talk now about what do you do about this? How, yeah. do, you, how do you look at this a little bit differently? So if the legislation is what it is, and it is, then how do you respond to it? What changes in your financial plan do you take to to think about this in a way that you can maybe get around some of the impact of that uh, change in the required minimum distributions? Yeah. So one of the things that uh, very quickly that we have looked at that may make some sense for some folks is to involve life insurance in the strategy that, that you're trying to accomplish. If you want to pass on wealth to your children, life insurance does that in a tax-free way. So you could get a life insurance policy issued on yourself that would basically uh, fix the amount of money that would be passed on to your children on a tax-free basis. And then you could potentially look at uh, using either the RMDs to pay for that life insurance that you take yourself or you could, uh, frankly, annuitize the income that you're getting from uh, your IRA and pay it out over your lifetime and it ends at the end of your lifetime. And then that life insurance policy kicks in at your death and substitutes for leaving that lump sum of money. Now, I know that's pretty complicated to follow on the radio, but that is one of the things that, that has to be considered as you look at this and say, okay, 
if this is going to drive the tax rate up on my kids, what can I do to alleviate that? And an annuitization of an IRA and the purchase of a life insurance policy is certainly possible. It addresses, I think, the two uh, complaints that people would have about this. I mean, a lot of people, Chad, do want to pass on wealth to the next generation, and, and, and a legacy is important to them. But even if it's not, I have never sat with a client who wants to pay more in taxes or wants their children to pay more in taxes. So a life insurance becomes an option there. Yeah, exactly. And you think about a lot of retirees, they've done a good job of raising their children. Now they've got middle-aged children that have been very successful. They've sent them to college. They've got them into the the degrees and the, the industries, the careers that they needed to be very successful. And they are making good incomes. And now all of a sudden, mom and dad passes away. And now they've got this IRA income. And so right. you've seen it in the past using life insurance for the children, and then the IRAs were stretched to the grandchildren. So some of those past planning strategies may uh, that that has been used in the past is going to have to be tweaked a little bit. Right. Yeah. But anytime you look at you know how do I offset taxes? Well, it's something some type of vehicle that is tax you know tax free. And of course, the estate planning, uh, the estate tax will have to come into play in some degree whenever you're working through this planning. But uh, the death benefit from the life insurance, as well as some of the long-term care benefits that are attached to some of these life insurance policies may come into play when you're doing some of this planning. So uh, I think one of the things that we need to point out, though, is that if you are concerned about how the impact of, of this could be on your kids, you know, you've got to think about the fact that, that at that age, you're probably going to have some challenges in getting a life insurance policy issued right. because the older you are, Janet, the, the more that, that your health comes into play, whether or not that is an, a viable option. For yeah, you. I, I really believe that there's going to be a group of people that are just kind of caught in the middle here because it, we're talking about, well, here's a way you could plan for it. You could get life insurance. Well, maybe you can, maybe you can't, because it does really depend on your age and what your health situation is right now. I would say whatever your situation is, the key is to meet with an advisor who understands the nuances of the SECURE Act and can walk through your individualized situation because your answer is going to be unique to you. Maybe you qualify to get some life insurance. Maybe you don't even need to get any, even if you would qualify. It's so important to understand what these rules mean now for you, how they're going to be implemented as far as your family is concerned, and to sit down with an advisor and potentially with an estate planning attorney even together and get a plan together for you that works under this new law. Well, and we love it, I think, when folks come in in multi-generational situations, yes. when they bring their kids in. I think this highlights the need for that even more right. uh, when you're doing your retirement planning. I want to talk for just a second to the people who may be the kids who might be inheriting these IRAs now under the new rules, because I feel like I'm in that position someday mm-hmm. soon, right? My folks are in their 70s and I'm in my 40s, so that day may be coming You've always had the opportunity to take it all out, right? I mean, that, sure. that, that, that has been an option before. The stretch provision we liked better if you wanted to make that last as your retirement funds. I want to encourage folks in their 40s or in their 50s, if those if they're going to inherit an IRA, do not think about that to pay off debt, to pay off things now, to go on vacation now. I mean, those are the things that will be very easy now that that stretch provision has been taken away to really just see that as a windfall and and basically do what you want to with it at the expense of your retirement. So even if life insurance is something that the holders of the IRA in their 70s can be thinking about to pass on wealth, what are some things you should be doing if you inherit that IRA or thinking about doing? Well, first of all, developing an overall plan for retirement. But I think that includes taking that even after that tax burden has been paid, taking those after-tax dollars and, as we mentioned, Uh, contributing to a Roth IRA would be a great opportunity in your 40s. You still have 20 years likely before you would be in retirement. Or even looking, John, at a uh, non-qualified annuity might be an option. Yeah. So you've got to think about a couple of things here. Uh, Number one, if you don't qualify, if if the parent didn't qualify for life insurance and you're going to get this lump sum of money, then how do you respond to that? How do you act in accordance with that? Well, the first thing that I think I would do is I would look at taking the after-tax money, after you've paid taxes, let's take that $10,000 in our example earlier that that maybe you received as a uh, RMD on a $100,000 IRA, pay the 
the tax on the $10,000, then take the net and look at it as an investment in a capital appreciation type investment, because you're trying to gain back what you lost in having to pay the taxes. So if you take a look at that as a capital appreciation type investment, then maybe you can get down the road a little ways on, on recovering some of those taxes. And Scott, as you mentioned, you could take some of that money and put it into a non-qualified annuity for yourself. That money grows on a tax-deferred basis, just like an IRA would. There is no required minimum distribution on a non-qualified annuity. You could grow it on a tax-deferred basis. And if you have enough time and it makes some enough sense, you could obviously think about that as a way to substitute for the IRA that your parents were going to leave you. Now, I know all of this is very convoluted when you're sitting here listening to it on the radio. It's not important that you understand this right now at this minute. It is important that you find someone that understands this and that you are able to contact them, sit down with them and go, okay, in my situation, what does this do? And Janet, I think that is the, the rallying cry that we would say today is pick up the phone and call us if you've got questions. Yeah, I think about, you know, if you ever played a game with the kids and they changed the rules along the way, you still figured out a way to win. You can figure out a way to win with this. We just need the time to sit down and figure out what your situation is. We're back in a moment. If you want the answer, ask the question. Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question, and we'll answer it on the air. We'll be back in just a moment. From the Gen Wealth Radio Network Studios, we're back with more of the Get Ready for the Future show. Our thoughts today going over the SECURE Act passed by Congress late in the waning hours of 2019 and now becoming law and being in effect as of January 1, 2020. We've been talking about the changes to retirement rules that it has made. And as we mentioned many times on the program today, it's hard to follow on the radio. If you have more questions about what did you say about that stretch provision or if it has maybe jogged in your mind a need to do some planning. That is what we do on an everyday basis here at Wealth Financial Advisors. And we have offices in West Little Rock, Hot Springs, Bryant, Bossier City, Louisiana, and in El Dorado, Arkansas. If you'd like to sit down with a Wealth Advisor, we are always available. 501-653-7355 is our main office number in Bryant. Again, it's 501 501- 653-7355, or you can also schedule an appointment online. Just go to our website, getreadyforthefuture.com. That first appointment is always complimentary. So if you just need some questions answered, want to sit down and talk about what we've discussed on the program today or your individual situation, we'd be glad to do that with you. So we're going to move into this final segment and something we haven't talked about yet that in the that is in the legislation that was recently passed, and that is allowing annuities into 401k plans. So this is an ultra shift in the way things have been done. Obviously, 401k plans have been pretty restrictive in the past and have been more restrictive each year that goes by, down to about 10 to 12 funds on average. But when you talk about adding an annuity to the mix, this is a major change in the way things have been done in the past. Well, one of the things that they're uh, trying to do in this legislation is give you some idea of how much lifetime income you could expect from your 401k plan. And Janet, they're going to introduce something called a lifetime income disclosure statement on 401ks. We've seen this on some 401k plans in the past. Uh, And what it basically does is it takes a look at the amount of money that you have in your 401k. And then it uses a life expectancy table to calculate what is called a life only payment to you and and that's it. So and, if and, you think about pension payouts, it's comparable right. to that. And this this can be maybe helpful information, but it also could mislead people yes. into thinking that they're actually going to get more income than they really could get from their 401k. You know, a few years ago when they actually started putting these dollar amounts on the statements, John, they would come in with, hey, this says I can get that much. And we would do the calculations as advisors 
And the 401k statement always, every single time, showed a larger payout than was actually feasible. And, and our concern really is that people are going to see that and get a false sense of security. And especially if this is the equivalent of like a life only payout on a pension. If, if you have a pension and you've ever seen what they can pay out to you, you've seen the larger number is your life only. Well, what if you die first? and your spouse is left without that income. We need to look at your income as household and generational so that it pays for this generation's retirement, whether it's husband and wife, um, you know, if husband dies first or the wife dies first does not matter. It pays for that generation. And then when it goes to the next generation, if there's anything left, great. If not, that's okay too. But we want to be sure that that, that full generation is paid for. And that's not what they're going to be showing on the statement. And you know, historically, guys have been the larger earners. It doesn't matter whether it's the guy or whether it's the husband or the wife, doesn't matter. One of them is the larger earner. Okay. So if we're talking about that being based on one lifetime, we think it's a mistake. Yeah, absolutely. And so that is the the disclosure that's going to be on there. But as you yeah. mentioned, Scott, they're going to introduce annuity accounts or annuity investment options into 401k plans. And you know, on the surface, I think that's probably not a bad thing because we believe that a certain amount of your retirement should be dedicated to provide lifetime income to complement Social Security and to take up for the fact that most people don't have a pension. And so annuities are good. The question is, what kind of annuity are they going to put in right. there? And and what is its provisions? And can you change it? And, and all that. There's a lot of uncertainty there. But obviously, they are trying to, and I think it's really interesting, you know, uh, for a long time, annuities were just, you know, this, this four-letter word as far as retirement was concerned. Yeah. And now the government say, oh, we like annuities. Let's put annuities in there. And that's just in, flies in the face of what a lot of other people have said over time. Now, let's be clear. At GenWealth, we like annuities in certain cases. And certain annuities. Yes. And certain annuities in certain cases. So just because you use the, the um, handle end of a screwdriver yeah. to bang a screw into a piece of wood doesn't mean the screwdriver is wrong. Annuities used wrongly are bad investments. Right. Right. Mutual funds used wrongly are bad investments. Any investment used wrongly is a bad investment. Annuities have gotten a bad rap because there were so many people that tried to use the wrong hand, wrong end of the screwdriver to apply the screw to the wood. And so the the key here is that you look at this and go, okay, what is my need? And how does the annuity that they're offering in the 401k plan speak to my need? And my my guess is there's going to be very simple, stripped down, mm -hmm. life only type annuities in there that harmonize with this uh, lifetime income disclosure thing that they're going to put in there yeah. that, that basically says, okay, the maximum amount that you can get from this is this. And when you're done, it's done. And that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. And I think the SECURE Act, and as we're unpacking this, we're also seeing that it takes it a little bit step further as taking some fiduciary responsibility off of the 401k custodian in kind, kind of basically opening up the spectrum as to what annuities are be allowed, as to what extent they're going to be held liable also for allowing those annuities part of that 401k plan. I have so many questions about how this would even work. And I think <laughs> yeah. we do too. We don't even really know yet what it's going to shake out like. But I think the number one thing for me is I've shared on my uh, on this show before my story about it being in my 20s and putting my 401k investments into a high yield fund just because I like the way high yield sounded, right? It's a, But it's a corporate bond fund and it's not built for the long-term growth that I needed in my 20s. Well, what's to say a 20-something gets into right. this with an annuity and says, lifetime guaranteed income, I'm in. And they're in annuity when they're in their 20s. Yeah. Because the when and the how much are the two big things that they will be on their own on if they don't consult the financial advisor. Yeah. And, and I think that that's the key here is that you've got to bridge that gap between information and application. Yeah. And, and as we say on this show all the time, the human element of the financial advisor brings clarity. And, and I think this is going to be really at the end of the day, if people are smart about it, if they won't just 
take whatever is given to them and act like, you know, okay, this is what I've got. If they will actually say, okay, this is what I've got from my 401k plan provider. Let me take this to the financial advisor and sit down and really analyze it from my personal perspective, because none none of those people understand you. None of those people understand what your family situation is and what your needs are, what your desires are. They're really trying to solve a problem that they don't know what the answer is. No, and we have a fiduciary responsibility to make sure that they have a plan and that the products and the investments that they have are for their specific needs. So when the SECURE Act takes away some of that fiduciary responsibility, I think it's a good idea to make sure that those that do have a fiduciary responsibility are helping you in making those choices. Well, when you think about all of these things as we wrap up, we've got a couple of more minutes. It really comes down to what you said earlier, John. This can be very confusing to listen to over the radio, but there are significant changes being made to the retirement rules in America. And we've gone over the highlights of the SECURE Act, but again, this was a a big piece of legislation attached at the end uh, of the the session, at the end of the year, to a bigger piece of legislation. I got to think that most of these lawmakers didn't really know the full details of everything right. when they passed it. So it's going to take time for it all to leak out and, and see how it all shakes out. The bottom line is, though, the best way to act on this or the react to this is to have an individualized, personalized retirement plan on paper, on purpose that fits your needs. Yeah, it absolutely is. And and I don't think that there's any uh, institution or any uh, congressional act that can speak to your particular need. I think that that is a, it's much like the doctor-patient relationship. They can have all the legislation about healthcare that they want. They can have all the systems in place that they want, but that doctor-patient relationship really is sacrosanct to the medical community. And I think that it is in the financial community with a financial advisor and the client as well. And I would just encourage you, if you've got questions about the SECURE Act, stay tuned to the Get Ready for the Future show, and because we are going to have some educational events with regard to the SECURE Act. We are education-driven as a firm. It is incredibly important to us that you understand as much as you need and want to understand about your retirement before you make a decision. So just stay tuned, and as this develops a little bit more, we'll be back to you with, hey, here's an event that's going to talk about the SECURE Act. One thing I'll throw in really quickly, Scott, about the SECURE Act that I think is a positive, they are allowing uh, small employers to band together to create 401k plans. Now, whether they do that or not, I have no idea, but it is another opportunity that the small business community is being given to try to address the need of retirement for their employees. And I would just encourage small business owners to take a look at the opportunity that's out there and try to do something to allow your employees to make a contribution. If you want to sit down with the Genwell Financial Advisor, two ways to reach out. You can call us 501 65 Again, that number is 501-653-7355, or you can also set an appointment online by going to getreadyforthefuture.com, and you can also make plans to begin watching us on Get Ready for the Future show live beginning January 15th. Janet said be sure to continue to listen. You can listen on radio. You can now also watch us live on Facebook or YouTube beginning 11.30 a.m. on January 15th, and then every Wednesday at 11.30 after that, we'll be live right here on the Get Ready for the Future show. Check out our workshops also at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. We've got a couple of those coming up. Fortifying Your Finances on January 23rd in Conway and on January 28th in Little Rock. We thank you for listening for this first Get Ready for the Future show of 2020, and we're back again next week. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. 